0: This is the Kimberly Jones Show, hosted by Rev. Kimberly Payton-Jones. Join us and let your light shine. Hello, this is Rev. Kimberly, and I am so happy to be with you all today. I am sure that you all have a lot going on because we have a lot going on in our world. And I want to say at the top of the show that I am inviting you all to call if you have any prayer concerns I've been meaning to say it week after week and I keep forgetting because I get so caught up in conversation with our guests but I just want you all to know that I'm here for you I'm praying for you and if you have any specific prayer requests or if you want to speak to me you can reach me at 85 Shine. and I'll say that again at the end of the show but I did want to let you all know that now you know I've been thinking about all of this stuff that is going on and the other day I'm live in the city of Atlanta and I had dropped my mother off on the west side of Atlanta and my six year old son and I were heading home to the south side of the city and we had to go through downtown and in making our way home we came across I believe it was Trinity if anyone is familiar with Atlanta. We came across Trinity and went right near the city hall and right near the state capitol. And as we were turning, we were on one one way street and we couldn't go straight cause it was blocked off. So we had to make a right to get onto the section of the street that would take us to the highway. And then out of nowhere, all of these police officers came up. It seemed out of nowhere disappeared on these four wheel drives, four wheelers, those big four wheelers driving around And as we approached the intersection, there were more police cars parked and there were these big military type Hummer vehicles. And we ended up having to wait in the midst of all of these police officers in order to be able to go straight. And I started to get a little nervous because the city of Atlanta had a curfew in place and we must have gone through about four cycles of the light and i started to get anxious and i was like please i just want to get home i just want to get home because i wasn't sure what was going on and my son was in the back seat and he said well if you just calm down we'll get home but the experience was very very stressful for me and you know my son is six and it's been a little stressful for him because we don't get out much with the stay at home shelter in place order still in place, at uh, most places and us, you know, trying to stay healthy. And so the most that we've been going to is to visit my sister where we stay outside and he rides his bikes with his cousins. And he told me, he said, you know, I really hate the police. That's what he said. He said, I hate the police. And I was so surprised. I said, why would you say such a thing? And he said, well, it's because of them that we have this curfew and, you know, they've done all of these bad things. And we had a conversation about it because I want him to have his own views. And I don't want to shape him. But I also felt a little disheartened to have my six year old say that he hates anyone. But I know that we are all feeling somewhat conflicted with everything that's going on. As, as you know, I'm an an attorney, and I will never forget once when I was in law school, we had a police officer, I went to Georgetown in DC, and we had a a police officer from the DC Police Department come in and speak to our criminal law class. And he was talking about the police. And one thing he said to me, he said is that the police are the only profession that you don't have to be a professional. The police are the only profession where you don't have to be a professional. And that always resonated with me because unlike many careers, like being a lawyer, like being a pastor, where you have to go through somewhat extensive training, you have to go through training to be a police officer, but it's not the same type of training. My first job out of law school, I worked as a prosecutor in the state of Illinois, and so I'm used to working closely with the police, and I like to be supportive of the police because I know, having been a prosecutor and them actually working as my investigators on cases, some of the... Situations that they can get get in, and I've gone on ride-alongs with the police officers, and it can be very, very scary. So, in one sense, I'm very sympathetic to the police officers, given that they are in these high stressful situations, maybe don't have the kind of training that would be ideal. But of course, I'm also sympathetic, and my heart goes out to everyone who has been a victim of police brutality. I have my own situations where I've been detained by police officers and and felt um, that I was treated unfairly. So I know that it's a very nuanced situation. And as people, faith believers, you know, we have to be mindful of that. And, and, you know, we don't want to be like my son is and, and hate anybody but we are definitely living in some very difficult times and I understand that it can be stressful for everyone and so I would just encourage us all to remain steadfast to remain hopeful and to remain prayerful now with that today I'm actually not going to have a guest I'm going to have a short sermon a, a short word from the Lord that the Lord put on my heart to share with you all and so we will have that right after this break I needed a lawyer, and my good friend told me, call Kim. I said, call Kim? She said, yeah, girl, trust me on this one. Call Kim Jones at 667-CALL-KIM. And you know what? I did, and she helped me. If you've been in an accident, and you've been injured, or if you don't know where else to turn, and you need someone you can trust, I highly advise you to call attorney Kim Jones at 667-CALL-KIM. That's right. Dial 667-CALL-KIM. That's 667-225-5546. 667-CALL-KIM. Or visit her website at www.callkimjones.com. That's 667-CALL-KIM. Trust me on this one. Our scripture today comes from the book of Luke, chapter 23, verses 1 through 5, and 33 and 34. That's the book of Luke, chapter 23, starting with verse 1, and it reads, Then the assembly rose as a body and brought Jesus before Pilate. They began to accuse him, saying, We found this man perverting our nation, forbidding us to pay taxes to the emperor, and saying that he himself Is the Messiah a king? Then Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered, You say so. Then Pilate said to the chief priests and the crowds, I find no basis for an accusation against this man. But they were insistent and said, He stirs up the people by teaching throughout all Judea from Galilee, where he began, even to this place. Verse 33 When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, forgive them, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. If you have ever been hurt or per- betrayed, you might have found yourself pouring out your heart and sold to a wise and well-meaning elder who hugged you, wiped away your tears, and said, don't cry baby, he didn't know any better. Or maybe they gave you a firm pat on the back and said something like, just shake it off son, some people just don't know any better and while you might nod your head, wipe your eyes and try to shake it off the truth of the matter is that even though he or she may not have known any better you feel like he or she should have known better and so at the end of the day whether or not he or she actually knew better really doesn't make you feel any better Lauren Hill who is one of my favorite artist has a song on her iconic miseducation of Lauren Hill called Forgive Them Father for They Know Not What They Do. In it she says Beware the false motives of others beware the false motive of others be careful of those who pretend to be brothers they say all the right things to gain their position then use your kindness as their ammunition to shoot you down in the name of ambition they do oh forgive them father for they know not what they do but when you really look at what they have done, having false motives, pretending to be brothers, saying all the right things, and then shooting you down so that they can get ahead, you start to feel like maybe, maybe they really did know what they were doing the same thing happens to jesus you see his jewish brother set him up to be crucified they reported him to the roman authorities we 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 found this man perverting our nation they said forbidding us to pay taxes to the emperor and saying that he himself is the king see they know the right things to say to push the Roman buttons he told us not to pay taxes and he told us that he is the king in other words they're saying they, they're they telling their, their oppressors the, the, these colonizers that, that who want nothing else but to take their land and take their money they're saying that Jesus told them we should not give you all anything and we don't have to listen to you all because he is the king of the Jews not y'all but we already know that Jesus has said many times render unto Caesars what is Caesars and that he always says that the father in heaven is king so these Jewish leaders have simply perpetuated an antiquated fraud In reading this text you can't help but feel like they not only should have known better but in fact that they did know better and yet Jesus says forgive them father for they know not what they do Now, if you're like most people, you will stop and ask yourself, why? Why would Jesus do such a thing? And if you're a critic or a skeptic like me, you will stop and ask yourself, did Jesus Really say such a thing? Did Jesus really say, forgive these fools for they know not what they are doing? Did he really say, forgive these people who pretended they were my brother and my friends, forgive them for they know not what they are doing? And if you have this question, you are correct, because this is, in fact, a source of debate. And if you were to look at your Bible, if you had a study Bible, you would see that the phrase Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they are doing, is in brackets because there are some questions about what it is that Jesus actually said. See, see, this is how it happens. Luke, this is the book of Luke. Luke was there, and Luke told somebody what happened, and, and they told someone else what happened. And, you know, it depends on what kind of people they were, but they probably, like you and me, knew how to tell a story. But also, when you, when you tell a story, you emphasize the parts that you like, and you de-emphasize the parts that you don't like. And so, I believe the first person who sat down to write the story heard what what happened and said so 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 these dudes set jesus up and and lied and told the roman government that he was the king they insisted that he be crucified even though Pilate was going to let him off and he said forgive them huh. I, i'm going to go ahead and and leave that part out and then when it's time to revise the text and rewrite it for another group the next writer comes along and said wait a minute." this 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 writer left an entire phrase out let me let me put that back in and so now we have brackets around this forgive them father and and i look at the phrase and and i think about jesus and i wonder what jesus would say right now would he say forgive the world leaders who have lied about the number of people who actually have the coronavirus in their countries because because they know not what they do would he say forgive our president who changes his story every single day and causes mayhem and confusion at every turn just so that he can say that he was right? Would he say forgive him because he knows not what he is doing? Would he say "For forgive the economists who prioritize the economy over public safety? Would he say forgive them when they tell us that our imp- unemployment rate is going down one day and then turn back around and say, oh no, we made a mistake. It's actually going up. Would he say forgive them because they know not what they do? Would he say forgive the medical industry that somehow finds tests for the rich and privileged and not for the rest of us because they know not what they do? Would he say forgive the media for prioritizing sensationalism over sound journalism because they know not what they do? Would he say forgive Forgive the police officers who have done some mighty mighty bad things and hurt a lot of people. Would he say forgive them for they not they know not what they do? Would he say forgive the prison industrial complex for keeping nonviolent offenders and people who can't afford to make bail locked up even though there is a pandemic and a and a virus spreading because they can't practice social distance? Would he say forgive them for they know not what? They do. I, I look at those brackets. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they are doing. And I ask myself, what did Jesus say then and what would Jesus say now? I think about Jesus healing the sick, raising the dead, giving sight to the blind, feeding the multitude, fighting against oppression, and yet being Turned on by his own. See, I think this is something that we often overlook or we say it kind of in a cursory manner. But today is Communion Sunday for many of us. And if you think about the text, one of the texts I always use in doing communion is when it says, that evening, Jesus was reclining with the 12. He's breaking bread with his friends, with his inner circle. And he says, one of you will betray me. And we know this story of how Judas, who was someone who was in, in his inner circle, someone that he was actually celebrating the Passover with, this high holy day in Jewish tradition, someone that he felt so comfortable and relaxed with that he's laying down and reclining and eating. And he says, one of you will betray me. But there's also this whole Jewish contingency, people who were supposed to be a part of his faith, people who were also being oppressed by the Romans. They're supposed to be on the same side and they call for him to be crucified. They turn on him. We don't think about this. These are people, yes, the Romans were responsible for this, but these are people who are supposed to be on Jesus's side who have turned on him. And I, I think about Jesus standing at Calvary after his betrayal, facing crucifixion, treated like a common criminal, wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniqu- iniquities, buked and scorned, talked about, shores you born. And I ask myself, did he really say Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they are doing. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they are doing. Or did he say something like, Forgive them, Father, even though they know exactly what they are doing. And that is a question that we are faced with today today. I told you all, you know, about my son and and, and myself being in the car and, and, and seeing the police officers. And, you know, yet another day, just I believe it was the day before yesterday. My days are starting to run together because time and space have just converged. But we were on our way home and we went across that same intersection. And I thought, oh, no, why did I come this way? I should not have come this way. But there was another Hummer coming and there were some police officers coming. And my son said, why are the police and the soldiers out here? Why are the police and the soldiers out here? And I said, they're here to um, make sure, you know, the protesters don't mess anything up. And he said, but protests, but the protesters are good. And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, the protesters are doing a good thing. All they're doing is holding up signs. I said, yes. And he said, all they're doing is asking for change because they want all of this to stop. And when he said it, it really gave me pause because sometimes you underestimate what children understand. And he said, you know, they want change. They just want all of this to stop. And in wanting change and in and, and wanting things to stop, we do feel a sense of betrayal. I saw one pro- protester holding up a sign and said, it's a good thing we're not seeking revenge. But I just ask us all to be mindful of of Jesus, who should be our model, who was one who was betrayed so horribly. And yet he asked the father for to forgive them. And I'm not saying that we have to forgive everybody. And we have to act like these things, horrible things haven't happened. But I do think that as people of faith, we have to hold ourselves to a higher standard. And we have to Understand that what happens today has an impact on tomorrow. And so like you, I know that you may be feeling stressed out and and overwhelmed by things. And so that is why I'm inviting anyone to call me. You know, after this show, at any time, you can reach me if you want prayer. If you want to just talk about some things, you can reach me, as I said, at 85-KPJ-SHINE, 85-KPJ-SHINE, which is 855 757 four four six three eight five five seven five seven four four six three you can also uh go to my website kpjshine.org and you can email me that way and i'm also you know if anybody has any stories that they want to share i'm always interested in in what people are encountering so please feel free to reach out to me and share your stories we're going to end a little bit early today because that's all i have for you but please i encourage you to keep in touch And until I am back with you next week, I encourage you all to let your light shine. Thank you so much for listening to The Kimberly Jones Show. Reverend Kimberly would like to hear from you. So send her an email to kpj at kpjshine.org. That's kpj at kpjshine.org. Or give us a call at 85 kpj That's 855-757-4463. Or visit us on all social media outlets at KPJ Shine. Come and be with us each Sunday at 11 a.m. on The Kimberly Jones Show. A conversation of inspiration for you. Hosted by Rev. Kimberly Payton Jones. And let your light shine.